0: This is the Mighty Quinn. Warning, you guys. This podcast is explicit. Yes, it is adult content. Yes, it's not for kids. The views and opinions are by us and nobody else. So, if you're looking for something without adult content... I suggest you go somewhere else. Bye now. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm your host, The Mighty Quinn, and welcome to You Into Basement. Yes, we're out here in the armpit of Utah, the northeastern side of the state. We're out here where nobody goes. We're out here in nowhere land. Yes. Um this is a solo episode. I'm out here uh solo podcasting by myself getting my voice out there. <laughs> Thank you for being with me. This will be uh episode number 18 brought to you uh by Yours Truly. <laughs> yeah, 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 Uh yeah, the northeastern part of Utah. Yeah, we're out here um uh, in the oil field where times are still set back Main Street still looks like 1950. um yeah we still have uh Cowboys that wear uh denim pants white t-shirts and still sing Jimmy Dean songs I'm more of a Hank Williams kind of person myself um if I'm going to listen to country because my bucket's got a hole in it. And I can't buy no beer. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, no. This uh, town is uh, based upon its ups and downs of the oil field. Um, when it's good, it's good. This place is wall-to-wall traffic. With one-ton vehicles. Uh, water trucks. Semis. Oil crude haulers. And whatnot. But it sounds like to me that eventually... We are going to get a railway into here. It sounds like that they're spending money now. And getting this so it's engineered. And the engineers are going through all the paperwork. And finding the correct path from Soldier Summit in that area. Which is towards Price. And they're going to move it all the way through vernal so you know that is going to be healthy for our economy it's going to be good job growth for other industries other than the oil field i support the oil field 100 it uh is my income that comes to my home and lets me live the life that i like living and traveling and whatnot uh this is good um Now, I'm 45 years old, and I project by the time they do lay tracks, I'm going to be, it'll be 10 years from now. That's my projection on this. Um, I don't see it proceeding really quick, but it is going to be good for my kids and my grandchildren. And to make this area grow, growth is important. I know we live in a small community, and we we don't want to get into the city as much, but, I mean, I've heard all kinds of names, like City It, <laughs> down there with those guys that are dumb. No, I've I've lived on both sides of that plane, and you guys know that. You know, I mean, uh, I grew up in Salt Lake until I was 10 years old, so and have family there. I'm not going to knock it. I love going out to the city and having a good time. There's so many options, but I like sitting here. Hell, I get to podcast twice a week. I get to edit twice a week, and not many people get to do this. Um, this is my laid back. This is, uh, uh, therapy to me, I guess, uh, getting out here and talking, but back to the, the economy, you know, I mean, growth is important for us and we don't need to be stuck in 1950 anymore. You know, I mean, if you want to go back in time and live without plumbing and have an outhouse in your backyard, so be it. You know, I rough it every day. We have an outhouse at work. But majority of the time, I'm not even near an outhouse. I have to dig a hole. I have to run. I have to jump out of the truck at any given time. And guess what? There is no trees. This is life. This is life as an oil-filled worker. (laughs) But I have grown to enjoy it and try to share the memories of it. You know, uh, working construction working oil field they're pretty similar and the guys all have their own trades their own crafts up their sleeve and they like to share their input and that's a lot of reason why i put cody um with me was because he also was a co-oil field uh worker out here and he has experiences and he relates to what i am talking about um you know the community We've had, I've i've gone from where we used to go to dances to where the community actually shut it down. It's like the old Footloose days. And that's why I talk about it being 1950s out here. Um, change is good. A good upgrade out here would be great. Um, nobody's even investing in buying restaurants or putting up new establishments. They go to food trucks now. And, I mean, I've seen this on the Discovery Channel, food food truck wars and, and whatnot. But the newest thing that they do have out here, and I suggest that people get out and check it out, and I might laugh and chuckle, but I hear that they've cleared a great big campsite out by the Skinwalker Ranch now. And it's full of ATV rides, night night rides, and it just borders the fence to where you can look in and get your thrills, I guess. Hey, this would have been a great place to go when I was a teenager for a great makeout spot. <laughs> Sorry, kids out there in New Orleans. Yep. But uh, uh, I think Stacy Scott owns the property, and he purchased this uh, for tourism and that puts you in a basin on the map other than the dinosaurs and the brew house um the brewery over in Vernal's killer killer food gourmet food Gour- gourmet food and then they uh go over i think they they're partners with what they call the brew house and those guys they uh, have a really good lunch a really good dinner and good beers. And that's located in Main Street on Vernal. So. Those are some of the neat draws to this community. But we also are famous for the Uintas. And the Uintas are a locked in uh, treasure. There's something that. uh Oh. There's so many stones unturned, and f- things that you find. I am an average, average hunter that gets out, and hikes, and gets into the backcountry, and I'm totally shocked by some of the things that I do see. You know, we have been on pack trips that we've pulled up pull-tab beers and the like, old 1980s pull-tabs, still fresh. And you know what? I drank the son of a bitch. <laughs> we passed that sucker around the campfire. How nostalgic is that? And we probably sang some old Creedence Clearwater while we were doing so. But uh, it was an awesome time. But if you want to get out and see the Uendas, there's plenty of trails and hikes. And pretty much every canyon will have a trail that will take you up on the Highline Trail. And the Highline Trail is something that runs the whole length of the Uendas. And I want to say it's like 50-something miles. I mean, if you're a diehard, that's the way to go. Um, Kings Peak, that's part of the U.N. is the tallest peak in Utah. Um, I have been there. Beautiful country. Wonderful country. You, you couldn't... Uh, it's breathtaking and the bull moose uh, that you see while you're up there i we didn't go a day without seeing any uh, moose and 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 granted i've been hunting in the last week and i've bet you i've seen a total of six moose in just one week so that that's a pretty good deal you know i mean the population's coming back up on it uh, i think the uh, fish and wildlife service opened it up to uh cow moose hunts and i think they probably shouldn't have done that and it was a mistake and we dropped off of our population of moose and i don't know what their philosophy is on that i wish that they would educate us and say you know what we're having problems with them in farmer land or they're being a nuisance here and there but they don't go public with what is going on so we assume which makes an ass out of you and me Uh, that we know what's going on and they assume that, uh, we'll just sit back and figure it out, but they've done the same thing with their control permits for elk hunt. So you can buy, uh, it used to be over the counter. It's all online now, a general season, uh, general, elk tag which is any legal weapon and and you could purchase them and they they used to give like 30,000 of them a year and at one time we had elk here majority of our elk has moved down into farmers fields which has became private and that is a big uh a big money making deal deal too but The thing is, is a farmer's not going to let you come on his property and go out there and hunt without you paying him. So he keeps the elk down there and he ends up getting his crops demolished. And so he calls the DWR. Well, the DWR has been acting on it and they've been setting up uh, tripods in fields and they are killing all off the elk themselves because of a nuisance i have no idea where the meat goes and you guys could educate me on that i would love to know where the meat goes because i i'm missing out on my elk meat i used to go every year hunt and, and and get myself an elk every year we had meat in the freezer every year anymore it's dry i put my time in i put my money in you know Where is the money pooling with the DWR? I'm not sure. So when you have unlimited tags that they uh, sell this year, where does that all go into? Why aren't we building our herd instead of cutting them down or trying to move the herd into areas that need the population? I don't know. That's just a question that I'm getting out there and asking because I hear people's frustration and I'm out here publicly talking on a podcast episode. And I think that, you know, it needs to be expressed. We need to get out to these meetings and we need to talk uh, amongst hunters and clarify why we're putting in for something that we're not seeing i guarantee the harvest rate's pretty poor and i guarantee that their harvest surveys this year are going to be pretty poor as well so yeah get with me on my email it's uh eskimo.cole at gmail email me if you guys want to if you want me to bring something up in a podcast let me know. I'll bring it up on an episode and and we will have a good discussion. Yeah, granted, Cody might have his two cents and I might have my two cents because we want to keep a little of a comedy base because that's what draws our customers, right? But in general, I just need the feedback back. I want to help you guys out if I can. And I thank you for listening to this podcast. But, enough of me rambling on. So, who's got their pen and paper ready? Yeah, I've got another recipe for you. It's a family favorite. You know, uh, we live uh, 30 miles from uh, Vernal, the town of Vernal. And in the town of Vernal, we have a Cafe Rio. And when we go there, I like to call it Mexican Subway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's the same concept because you get to build your own and i love it i think it's a, a great place uh um you think you're eating healthy but you're probably not there's a lot of added stuff to things but i will bring you the mock cafe rio chicken yes and i actually like to have this chicken in the salad so with your pens and paper ready family favorite Let's go. This is all in the Instapot, remember. One cup of Italian dressing. A quarter cup of chicken broth. Two and a half pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breasts. Uh, you can use uh, chicken thighs as well. I'm kind of a thigh kind of guy, but breast work. One tablespoon of chili powder. One. One tablespoon of cumin one tablespoon garlic powder and one teaspoon of kosher salt and i actually don't even use the kosher salt in mine i think the chicken broth adds enough to the flavor but hell you know some people like their salt and so here goes the instructions add the italian dressing and chicken broth to the pot Add, it, add in the rest of the ingredients. Cover the pot and turn the valve to sealing. Push manual and adjust the time to 17 minutes. When the pressure cooker beeps, let the pressure release naturally for 5 minutes and then remove the lid. Transfer the chicken to a cutting board and shred and then add the chicken back into the juices inside the InstaPot. Stir and then serve the chicken. You may need to salt and pepper it for the taste. And guess what? I also have a bonus feature. Yes, a bonus feature. Do you know that house recipe secret sauce they've got? Secret, secret, secret. I've got a secret, secret, secret. I've got a secret. All right, this is my yes must have cafe rio house dressing pens and paper ready one cup of mayo one half cup milk a quarter cup of green salsa and i use the Hernandez brand in the uh the mexican food aisle one clove of garlic one fresh bunch of cilantro and you know you can put in more or less it just depends how much you like your cilantro i like the good tang to it then two tablespoons of lime juice and one to three jalapenos depending on how hot you want i as a crowd pleaser at my house i just put in one i don't go overboard because then if it's too hot it's not worth it but Add three quarters of a packet of ranch. And I use the buttermilk ranch. Just the little packets that you use for your dips or your dressings. That is perfect for it. Throw that shit all in the blender. Mix it around to eternity. Yes. <laughs> and there you have. I chill it. I put it in the fridge. I keep it for about a week. And, you know, we might have it on some leftovers. You know, put some beans, rice on a tortilla and cover it with cheese, warm it up real well. And then voila, there's your, uh, cafe Rio salad, you know, crowd pleaser at my house. Definitely. So with, uh, the big 31st, the hallows Eve, the Halloween is coming up. Um, yeah, I think I could probably share a story with you guys. Um, I lived in, in Salt Lake. We trick or treat. We went to uh, March Dimes haunted haunted houses. Um, all of the above. I mean, I think we went to Wheeler Farm when we lived in Salt Lake, and they had a haunted woods at the time. We all grabbed our trick or treating bags, and and we trick-or-treated around the neighborhoods and filled them up and brought them home and then went and filled them up i mean it was the 80s were a blast for trick-or-treating you know and it seemed like everybody was friendly and everybody had their door open and their lights on you know yards decorated whatnot um we have changed we've evolved quite a bit Um, but picture me in fifth grade coming from salt lake and we came out here to the basin and went to Mighton Elementary. Now, my parents had a, a rough time selling their house in Salt Lake. Um, it was a different time. And so they started me in school when I was 10 years old out here and then turned around and brought us back. So I, I came to live in Mighton because my grandparents lived there on a 80-acre farm. And we were going to establish a new life. So with that me with me rambling on about that portion of it, I want to tell you about Mighton Elementary. Yep, home of the Tigers. So coming to school, we were able to do just like they did in Salt Lake. They had a little parade, uh, let you show your costumes. You couldn't have face masks. It, uh, you know, it was kind of comical to see the small little town. I mean, we didn't have a lot of kids in that elementary school. But they didn't trick-or-treat in mine. And it was the oddest thing. We actually had a carnival, a school carnival. And they handed candy out by the handfuls while you were there. And all the kids would dress up. And this just kept the kids all in one place. As well as... They do trunk or treat in Roosevelt, and they all walk down Main Street, and all the the community gets together, the businesses, and they hand out candy during the daylight so kids are not on the streets anymore because apparently it became unsafe for us to be on the streets by ourselves. <laughs> We'd get into mischief. Yeah, imagine that with me. So I went to this carnival, and I would tell you what. Being a very poor community, there was many, many individuals that just dressed up as the opposite sex. I thought it was hilarious. Here, I'm going as Dracula, like for the fourth time in a row. But, no, well, we uh, we went in and, and checked this out. And it was like uh, a good, fun-filled evening back at school again. So... After year after year, I begged my mom to go back to the city so that we could have some real Thanksgivings. About the time I was about 14, we were heading down to Myton's Carnival. (laughs) And I had a group of friends with me. And on the way to Myton from my parents' house, there's a cemetery. And that cemetery is an old cemetery. There's no grass even in it. They have lots of headstones. My mom thought she'd pull over and tell us some ghost stories. And she went through all these ghost stories and everything, got us all psyched up. And she said, okay, let's all get out and walk around the cemetery. And we can hold hands, we can we can, you know, do whatever. But I think it'd be fun just to walk around the cemetery at dark and say, you did it on Halloween. Well, yeah, 14 years old, we all decide that we're going to. So we walk away from the car, and we probably got a good 100 yards. And my mom snuck out on us. She went back to the vehicle, and she locked the doors. And as she locked the doors, she rolled the window down and said, They're after me. They're after me. (laughs) We panicked and started running. And we went back to the car. My mom locked the doors and just laughed at us. And we didn't know what to do. We thought something was chasing us. It scared the hell out of us. So that was my Halloween for uh, Mighton. I also attended a a, a haunted house there in Mighton at the old mill that they live in now. You know, times have changed quite a bit. Uh, yeah. I think that year we I was Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I had the whole setup, the claw, the face mask, the full face mask, and everything. Yeah, I'm your worst nightmare, bitch. <laughs> yeah, fun stuff in the big town of Mighton. Um, I uh actually. Want to uh, give a shout out to a company that's uh, on the outskirts of Utah, and it's uh, Christie's Liquor in in dinosaur, Colorado. Um, they have a Facebook page. You guys should get on it and check it out. Um, it's Christie's Liquors, and yeah, they. Uh, I think the owner of it actually is from Neola. And so they like the support. They put out an ad every week, and maybe some of you guys don't drink or not, but they have some really cool, fun stuff over there. You can get some lottery tickets while you're there. <laughs> um, another shout out to uh, um, JR Detailing. Yeah, old uh, Jade and fam, they are. Uh, they put together a really good detailing uh, place, and. Nope, he's not sponsored me. I just noticed that he was a good friend, and I figured that I would give him the benefit of the doubt, give him a shout-out, hopefully his business doesn't fall because of this podcast. (laughs) Yep, shout-out, Jade. Yep, Jade Christofferson. Yep, like the actor. (laughs) All right, well, the... I got enough rambling on going, and I got the dogs barking in the background. It's something that they're upset about. So, um, if you need to get a hold of us, uh, you into basement uh, podcast on Facebook or eskimo.coal at gmail.com and find us on IG and other platforms here. So, this is episode 18. It's the short clip, the Silva quit. Clip with the Mighty Quinn, and I am out. <laughs>